0: Hey, coffee people, Joel here. Hey, first things first, let's talk about who won the giveaway from last week for the Home Roaster Starter Kit. We had 22 qualified entrants. I put all the names in a hat. My five-year-old daughter pulled a name out, and the winner is Ben in Denver. Ben, guessing you live in Denver. Congratulations, man. You are getting a popcorn popper, four pounds of green coffee, and some Sweet Maria's swag. Headed to your doorstep this week, thanks to Sweet Maria's. Thanks for participating. Hope this helps you in your home roasting journey. Speaking of home roasting journey, today in this in today's episode, I spent some time with my neighbor, Robbie. And we roasted a batch of green coffee on my back porch. So you'll get to hear in this episode about how I approach roasting coffee at home, what process I use. And you also get to hear from somebody who has never roasted coffee before, which is Robbie. Some of his insights, his takeaways, and some of the things he noticed as well. So side benefit, Robbie and I got to know each other a lot better during this episode. I hope you enjoy and learn a lot as well. This season of the Craft Your Own Coffee podcast is supported by Sweet Maria's Home Coffee Roasting. Everything I know about roasting coffee at home, I have learned from Sweet Maria's. I've bought all my green coffee and roasting gear from these guys since 2012, and in my opinion, their customer service, quality, and attention to detail just can't be beat. Sweet Maria's is the best place to buy green, unroasted coffee and home roasting supplies, and not only that, but their website and their social media are literally like a treasure trove of information and resources and videos to help anyone along their way on their home roasting journey. Follow Sweet Marias on Instagram and visit their website at sweetmarias.com. And guess what? When you make a purchase, use the promo code CRAFTCOFFEE, which is all one word, to receive 15% off of your purchase anytime between now and March 31st, 2020. That's sweetmarias.com, promo code CRAFTCOFFEE. Go get yourself some green coffee beans, yo! All right, hey guys. I am sitting out on my cold back porch with my neighbor Robbie. Hey, Robbie. Hello, guys. Hey, um, did you know, Robbie? I just saw an article from the Pew Research Center that I think only one in four neighbors in the U.S. know each other. That's, did you hear that? Or know most of their neighbors? I think I saw. That's crazy. So I, you and I are trying to break that trend here, <laughs> right?
1: And I appreciate it over coffee. up Yeah, office.
0: man. We're gonna roast some coffee on our back porch. It's probably what like 45 degrees uh, yeah, outside I think so. right now. Um, but we're going to warm it up here with this roaster, this hot top roaster and go through a roasted batch today. But, um, Robbie, you guys, you and your wife and your three-year-old beautiful little daughter moved to the neighborhood about what, six or seven months ago. Uh, I think it's a, it's approaching eight months now. Actually. Eight months. Yes. It's exciting. The time is flying. Happy to have you living right next door. Yeah, you it's guys good. are amazing. It's fun. Thank you. And, um, I wanted to hear a little bit about your coffee story, kind of how did you get interested in coffee and what do you guys do with coffee at your house?
1: Oh, sure. Um, so my coffee story starts, I guess, uh, back uh, when I was younger and I lived in a British country and most of the coffee back then was instant coffee. If I recall, it was a Nescafe instant coffee. And even most of the American media that came into our country, we always saw ads for Folgers Instant. So coffee was just instant coffee and it, it wasn't until i uh, i lived and worked in uh in new york city and i guess the need for a uh, quick quick robust cu- cup of coffee led me to starbucks and starbucks was everywhere and um i just really ca- came to appreciate the consistency and complexity of uh, properly you know brewed cup of coffee you know it was just the regular cookie cutter uh, coffee taste. And I stumbled uh, upon another small um, coffee shop called Oren's Daily Roast. Hmm. So Oren's, they, if I recall properly, they had about 20 different roasts on the menu and they would rotate each roast out. And if you were so lucky, you would be popping into the store and be trying something new every day. And... I came to realize that there were signature tastes that I liked and it was just uh, appreciation that you can have a really wonderful medium roast or dark roast with other complex flavors and it just wasn't your average um, franchised coffee. Yeah. Then I was doing a job in Nashville and it was uh, around the Country Music Awards and I believe our hosts hired a barista to provide coffee for all the uh, morning media people and we just uh chatting over a cup of coffee in the morning i told him what i liked and he said hey uh you should try this uh brazilian roast that i have or an ethiopian roast that was now becoming popular i think the yoga coffee was coming in yeah so he said i have a small batch of this stuff i know the farmer I, I, i can i have sourced this stuff and i said sure i'd love to try it then that conversation um Led me to actually um, try coffee that uh, was without cream because I would offer always offer uh, order my coffee with cream. So the barista said, "Hey, uh, you know, give it a try. Let this um get about uh, nine sips in, and the the coffee will develop really complex notes that you never realized were there before." And true to the fact, yes, that's what happened. Awesome. So I was able to try really signature blends and really appreciate that there was more beyond just love that
0: yeah. love that but and you've never roasted coffee before right I have you so roasted you've, coffee you've before. appreciated the nuances but never done what we're about to do today correct right? cool well we're gonna get back to that conversation but i'm gonna set up our roast here we got uh we're about to pour some green beans from sweet maria's these are from ethiopia dry process sadama karamo is the name of the or the place within ethiopia and i'm gonna pour 300 grams of green coffees into this hot top roaster, and I'm going to do that here just in this next few seconds.
1: That is so spot on.
0: Yeah, I kind of nailed it, huh? (laughs) So I I use a gram scale to make sure I've got 300 grams of green coffee, and we are going to dump this right into the hot top roaster, and I'm going to take some pictures of this along the way that you guys can see, but here you go. So you can hear I have sent the green coffee down this little entry tube um, and into the roaster. So this is a drum roaster, similar to what you might see in a high-end coffee shop with a big cooling tray, kind of a flat cooling tray with a little fan um, that moves the beans around inside. It's really important when you're roasting coffee coffee, the coffee beans themselves stay in motion so that you don't want them to sit still. That's why roasting coffee in an oven um, on a cookie sheet is not a good idea because you'll just burn them. So they have to be in constant circular motion. And that's what this machine is doing um, on the hot top machine. Robbie, you can see at the top. So I've got a couple temperatures that the hot top actually reads out. So this top temperature is the bean temperature. There's a probe in there that measures the temperature of the green coffee beans. Um, and it is falling
1: right because it's 40 degrees outside right because now. it's
0: 40 <laughs> degrees outside the environment temperature itself like the actual roaster's temperature is right around 380 degrees but that's falling too because we added some cold colder coffee beans into it so right now the temperature is at 195 degrees as a bean for the bean and 375 degrees for the environment and as you can see the bean temperature fell pretty far Right, but it doesn't take long. It's
1: uh, starting to climb it's, again.
0: It's now starting to climb again. So we're already back to about 200 degrees for the coffee bean and 370 degrees for the environment temperature. So those two numbers will start to even out a little bit. And in future episodes, we're going to talk about something called a roast curve. And I, that's what we're seeing right now. So if you were to think about charting time and temperature, if you just looked at the temperature of the bean, basically it's fallen down, like we're going down the, hill, down the mountain. And it's gonna it's gonna level out, which we've already seen it level out around 195 degrees, and start to climb back up to the proper temperature. Okay. Um, so this was a big learning for me early on. Now, now what I'm gonna do with the hot top roaster? So I've let the bean temperature kind of bottom out around 195 degrees, and now it's starting to climb. We're at 217 degrees right now. Uh, I'm gonna turn the fan on. So there's a fan feature on the hot top, all the way up to full blast. Not sure how much of that comes across on the microphone. The fan is going to help dry out the coffee beans. And as if you guys have been listening to this uh, this show, you know I'm not an expert at roasting coffee. I've been doing it for a long time, but I don't know all of the ins and outs. So I'm going to rely on you guys to kind of help me uh, critique this method. But right now I'm trying to dry out the coffee beans using a fan for about 60 seconds. That's just the process that I've chosen to use. And I try to be really consistent in the processes I use, whether that's good or bad. But I I try to do the same thing, as long as I like the end result, which so far I have with this kind of coffee, using this sort of process. So you said you only aim to have it on for 60 seconds? That's right. Okay. Yep, so we're hitting about 30 seconds right now with the fan on. And then I'll cut the fan down to kind of its lowest setting. So in essence, as the beans are heated,
1: they're releasing moisture basically, and you want to clear the chamber of any moisture. That's correct, Okay.
0: yep. And that's my understanding. Um, there are a lot of really great books um, out there. I think the probably the premier resources by a guy named Scott Rao, R-A-O. I think that's how you pronounce his last name. It's called the. I believe his book is called the Coffee Roaster's Companion. I've, that's been recommended to me several times. I'll put a Such link to that. Such an appropriate title. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'll put a link to that in the show notes. I probably need to buy it myself as well. Um, but we're hitting. We just hit about a minute with the fan on high, so I'm gonna turn that all the way back down. And now we've got like five or six minutes just to kind of hang out and chill so right now with the temperature uh the internal temperature of the machine is still falling slightly we're down at 359 degrees internal temperature the bean temperature is what do you see there it's a 255 255 so yeah the the green coffee is continuing to rise towards the optimal temperature. And actually I, what what I didn't share is what what I'm going for with the final bean temperature is actually 374 degrees. So and this, is that
1: a recommended temperature based on the beans that you've sourced?
0: You know, um, Sweet Maria's doesn't necessarily tell you what temperature to cut the roast at, but they do recommend on their on this bag, they say city to full city roast, which in their in that term means like medium roast. Okay. <laughs> so this is where like the roaster gets to use a little bit of discretion right. on what the bean looks like. Um, we'll hear in several minutes something called the first crack, and I'll put the microphone up next to it. it. sounds like twigs breaking. Oh, nice. So you kind of want to wait for the first crack to finish, just like a bag of popcorn. You wait for the kernels to pop before you know it's done. Um, so you kind of use uh, a visual marker of what the color of the beans are through this little glass window the right. right so
1: The little glass window shows that the beans uh, are starting to actually have a little bit of a caramelized color, even though I could still see they're primarily green.
0: Yeah. Yep and they will turn a little bit yellow have you seen any yellow color yet yep. there's a little, bit, there's of a little a bit, bit of yellowing yes that's a there's a specific term for that i actually have a guy that's a professional roaster that's going to help me on a future episode kind of explore what that uh, the yellowing phase is actually all about but that's kind of what we're in right now right so it's a chemical reaction of sorts and it's it's yielding a specific color yeah and then we'll eventually start to see that coffee turn brown and so you're going to listen you're going to go for a mixture of the sound of the cracks kind of completing, the first crack completing, and the color that you want on the coffee bean itself. And that's how you kind of know when you're done. So for me, in my experience with this coffee, that's typically run about 374 degrees okay. bean temperature. So I set I set that as sort of my ending temp, if that makes so sense. So in
1: essence, this is a journey. If you pick another batch of beans, you may have to go through a process of discovery to find out what works for you where the crackling happens, where the color happens, and ultimately what taste does it yield. That's exactly right.
0: Yep. And the the ultimate determination for a home roaster, at least in my experience of, hey, did I roast this coffee the right way or not, is if it tastes good when I brew it, right? So there's so much complexity here. There's probably like a million chemical reactions that are happening and a bunch of things that I could do differently, but if i like the finished product and if i brew it as a pour over which is what what katie and i do every morning um and it tastes really good then i'm like i want to repeat the same process that i used because it was great exactly I think there's a lot of ways i could probably get more technical with this process but um it's all about the finished product
1: agreed uh certainly if you're if you enjoy it you would want to replicate it
0: yeah yep so what are your impressions so far so We've, we've poured green coffee in we've looked at temperatures rising and uh, falling and then rising we're looking at green beans kind of circling around through this little glass chamber what are your initial thoughts my initial thoughts are I really love the fact that
1: this can go in any way you choose it to go it's certainly up on your it's your personal preference sure there are um, there are constraints about specifically the temperature range that you want you would want to Attain before you overcook the beans or over roast the beans. Um, but I like the fact that it's it's fluid. You can you can choose to run the fan for two minutes and maybe have a different uh, flavor at the end. And maybe changing the temperature by ten degrees may also yield a different flavor. So I like the fact that it's it's somewhat uh, not so etched in stone that you can't um, deviate from this path and try different things. Yeah, that's
0: good. And it's you know. It's not actually very complicated. We're talking about temperatures and all these things, but essentially, you can do the same thing um, in a popcorn popper or in a canister that sort of circulates beans around and just kind of listen for a couple markers. This this machine that I have, you know, I've invested uh, time and money into this hobby of mine, and right. so it's it's giving me a lot more information, which is helpful, but it's not actually necessary to roast coffee at home. So, okay, so we have hit a temperature. An important milestone in the roast, where the the environment, the actual uh, heat inside, is at 400 degrees, which is hotter than your target range. Which or? is hotter than my target range. The beans themselves are at 320 degrees. Yeah. So we're still rising towards that 374 degree mark, but the internal temperature, I want to sort of take down the temperature now. Yeah. I want to slow down, down it in the check, roast. Yes. Keep it in check. So I I just took the heat from hundred percent heat to 90 percent heat once it hit 400 degrees
1: and i can tell you from the little window on the side it's beginning to look like traditional roasted beans oh, now good. they're no longer green anymore uh, it's a mixture of
0: a mild brown and just an occasional you know fleck of green in there it's good and so we're getting to a pretty volatile time within the the cycle of this roast where the beans are about to start cracking they're about to enter first crack in the next uh, probably two minutes, I actually just heard a tiny pop. It's almost like okay, a, almost like a cumin seed popping. So we heard like one that. popping a little too soon, probably. But um, so we just hit 410 degrees internally. So I'm going to crank it down to 80 percent power. So we're gonna. I'm what I'm trying to do is control the rate of rise of the bean temperature. We don't want the bean temperature to spike up to 70. I want it to develop, like to slowly develop. Um, as we hit that target temperature of 374
1: right it's so volatile at this moment you can easily overcook or over roast the beans exactly
0: yep and so um and that is a that is a important roasting um technique to have is as you approach first crack to reduce reduce heat and increase airflow so i'm every time i'm cranking down the temperature And every 10 degrees that the uh, heat goes up, I'm actually cranking down an additional 10%, if that makes sense. But I'm also cranking up the fan speed one notch at a time. So, um, and that's an advantage of using a roaster like the hot top. You have that control over the temperature and the fan speed as well.
1: So, in this case, the use of the fan is to regulate specifically or slow down the amount of um, heat that's put into the environment. Yep. As opposed to purging the moisture within the air. That's
0: right. Yep. And you'll, you're will you going to start to see a bunch of smoke come out of this nope, machine. Yep, as just we... set it, and there's a little <laughs> wisp of smoke. So as we enter first crack, which we should be very close here, we're at 350 degrees exactly for the bean temperature and 420 degrees with the machine. So I'm going to go down to 70% power, and we should hear some cracking pretty soon. Let's see what we hear. Okay, so yep, we are I at 356 degrees, and check out what we hear. Sounds a little bit like twigs breaking. Yes. My friend Byron at Sweet Maria kind of gave me that sound marker to listen for. So what we want from this point forward, and you can see a bunch of smoke coming out. This is yep. why it's important to do this outside. You set off <laughs> all your smoke alarms, which I've done before. Um, bunch of smoke coming out of the back, which is totally normal. Um, but we want to listen for the end of first crack. This is the way I like to roast this type of coffee. All the way to the end of first crack where you, you, you don't hear any of those twigs snapping anymore. Okay. And um, I'm going to continue to uh, take down the heat percentage. So we're actually going to go all the way down to 50% heat. Right, because we're within 10 degrees of your target mark. Exactly. So we're,
1: we're currently at bean temperature 365. Yep. We were aiming for 374. And just to make this process not run away from us, we you've backed away the heat basically.
0: That's correct. So we're at half power right now to try to make sure that we don't – speed towards that 374 that we ease our way into it. And from a time standpoint, it's been um just we're coming up on thirteen minutes since we poured the beans in, which is like abs- which is perfect. Um in my experience with this coffee. So we're at three hundred and seventy degrees right now for the bean. I can tell you've done this before. <laughs> <laughs> and we are approaching thirteen minutes, so I think we're gonna hit that marker pretty close. With it being forty degrees outside or whatever it is, that kind of affects the time every once in a while. Um, well, well, the I can tell
1: you the scent from this machine is rather comforting. Yes. I Let's could, talk about I
0: that could, in a second. Here, We're about to hear the beans come out of the tray. They're going to eject right at 374. And that is the beautiful sound of... Yeah, it's a beautiful sight as well. Lovely roasted <laughs> coffee beans coming out into the cooling tray. They're kind of swirling around, and they'll cool off a little bit here in the tray for the next five minutes. Um But that's the process. That was a lot of fun. What do you think?
1: I really enjoyed that. It was uh, just a... uh, Sorry, it was an experience for the senses. I mean, um, just the process of you introducing these green beans that came from a plant uh, a world away. Yes. And we prepared an environment that was really good for it, and we nudged it to the finish line. And now we have the comforting sounds of roasted beans, and it's really... uh, it's, it has a really nice smell as well. What the kind of smells is, did you scent, did you perceive during that? Well, it's funny. You have prefaced that it actually smelled a lot like baking bread. I think so, yeah. And yes, the subtle notes are in fact there. At the start of the process, I can I can if I close my eyes, I can tell I just walked into a coffee shop. And in essence, cool. I mean, it's unmistakable the comforting scent of coffee is there. And I could I could just picture being it's cold outside and walking into a warm environment with a comforting scent of coffee it's it's really reassuring and then at the end of the roast i believe when as we were pushing uh, approaching the first crack i think i started smelling more of that bread that you were talking about
0: yep yep and now it'll be interesting i'll pick this tray up when when it's done cooling here and give let you smell the coffee um it's not going to smell like what you think it would smell like at this stage like it actually doesn't smell like much of anything I see. Um, it's not until a lot of the CO2. So what's if you've listened to the first season of this podcast, we talked a lot about um, coffee needing to degas or like release CO2 yes. after the roast process. So um, because there's a ton of CO2 in these coffee beans right now, they actually need to escape before you can get that sort of smell and the flavor. That's why it's really important. You would not want to grind this coffee and brew it right now. It would not taste good. wouldn't taste anywhere near what you'd expect. I see. And so, typically, you're gonna to want to wait. At least in my experience, I usually want to wait three or four days minimum until I'm actually using this coffee. So I put it in something that's uh, sealable that allows CO2 to escape, but not to let oxygen in. And that's gonna give you like the best flavor possible for this coffee, as the the right amount of CO2 gets out. I see. So that's so, the process. So one Any of questions? the things.
1: Yeah. Um, just picking up on that. So. Is it true that, in this case, the longer you wait with it being sealed, does it actually develop more complex notes in the long run?
0: You know, the, I'll probably um, need to get into that with some of the professionals that I'm speaking to. My my experience is, you know, there's been times where Katie and I are in a pinch, and we've run out of our coffee, and so I'm roasting something and brewing it, like, literally within the next 24 hours. Yes, And it's okay. It's not bad. But if I compare that to... Um, letting that coffee rest for four up to seven days even before i open the the sealed container and brew it it is a way different experience much more smooth so i would say yes i, I think i'm curious to test you to see what happens
1: after three months can you actually let it for three, oh, three months, months? Yes. i don't know about three months that's probably
0: <laughs> a good question for the professionals that seems like too far okay. um to let it let it rest but um i don't know the real reasons why okay i think the rule of thumb is you you probably don't want to wait more than three or four weeks i see to drink it, um, to, to prepare it and drink it. But, um, you definitely want to give it a few days to allow that CO2 to get out and for the, the coffee to develop into its most beautiful form. But the cool thing is I'm actually going to take, um, this coffee roasted this exact way with this same process to those professionals I mentioned next week, and they are going to grade the coffee and see how we did with this roast. That's awesome. That sounds good. So they're gonna actually give me a score and help me figure out what I did right or what I did wrong in this process. That'll help help me um, roast coffee even better at home. So, Robbie, thanks so much for coming over. Oh, this was a lot of fun. Thank you for inviting me. We bonded over our girl dad status. <laughs> uh, we <laughs> both uh, we're both girl dads. Hashtag girl dad and coffee lovers. And we are coffee lovers. He you brought over some uh, Zabar's coffee to me not long after you. Um, Uh, Yes, so so once I found out that you
1: loved coffee, I said, um, let me share with you what I actually drink right now. And one of the things that I I discovered in New York City was uh, the Zabar's supermarket chain, as well as the fact that they're they're signature coffee roasters. And to this day, Zabar's is still my go-to coffee. And um, I look forward to grinding it every morning and doing a... uh, It's a drip, a a single cup uh, drip preparation uh, but i do love if i have more time to do an actual pour over awesome
0: yes awesome well, hey take a quick smell of this see what you think it is so neutral
1: it's actually it's not um very aromatic you mean you have to really get really close to smell that to room. smell anything right Un, unlike um some coffees when you buy I, and i'm sure i assume that that's after the co2 has left the bean yep that you can actually smell it from the moment it, bring it, it enters the house. Yep. Yes.
0: So what I'm going to do is I'm going to remove all the chaff. You see how there's a bunch of little kind of silver skin chaff that's on there. It yes. doesn't really add or take away to the flavor. It definitely wouldn't add to the flavor. So I'm trying to get rid of all the chaff. I'm going to put it in a sealed bag. Yes. And then we'll have to, before I bring it to the professionals, we'll have to crack it open in a few days and smell it because it'll smell... All of the beautiful smells that you'd expect from roasted coffee after a couple days in a bag. So that sounds great, yes. That's the next step, and uh, thanks again for coming over. Thanks for roasting with me. We'll have to do this again. Thanks Thanks for having me over. All right, see you. Okay.